Hi everyone, welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of gonorrhea found under the infectious disease section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 24-year-old female graduate student presents to the student health clinic with a complaint of dysuria and pain in her right knee. On physical exam, her knee is erythematous and tender with pain elicited on passive range of motion. Pelvic exam is significant for purulent endocervical discharge. The patient is sexually active and recalls having unprotected sexual intercourse with her most recent partner. Gram stain of a cervical swab shows gram-negative, kidney-shaped cocci in pairs. Let's continue with an introduction to gonorrhea. With regards to its classification, remember that Neisseria is a gram-negative diplococci, and it is often intracellular within neutrophils. And in terms of its epidemiology, remember that it is the second most common bacterial sexually transmitted infection after chlamydia. It is also typically located within the genital tract, and risk factors include unprotected sexual intercourse. With regards to its pathogenesis, the mechanism can be best understood by reviewing some molecular biology. Remember that gonorrhea has pili, which facilitate attachment to mucosal surfaces, and that these have lots of antigenic variation. Gonorrhea also has IgA protease, which allows invasion of mucosal surfaces, and its cell membrane contains lipooligosaccharides, or LOS, which have strong endotoxin activity. All of these factors combine in order to allow invasion of the mucosal surfaces, which then results in inflammation. Also remember that the bacteria can be transmitted either sexually or perinatally, and conditions associated with gonorrhea include septic arthritis, neonatal conjunctivitis, which typically presents two to five days after birth, and remember that prophylaxis may be provided with erythromycin eye drops. Other conditions that are associated include pelvic inflammatory disease, or PID, and Fitzhugh-Curtis syndrome. Moving on to the presentation, remember that symptoms include dysuria, purulent discharge, fever, prostatitis in men, endocervicitis in women, and urethritis. With regards to other studies that may be performed, these may include labs such as cervical and urethral culture, which may be performed on Thyer Martin agar since it selects for growth of Neisseria. Remember that it contains vancomycin, trimethoprim, colistin, and nystatin to inhibit the growth of gram-positive organisms, gram-negative organisms except for Neisseria, and fungi. One may also perform nucleic acid amplification testing, or NAT. And histology studies may also be performed. In particular, one may obtain a gram stain of a cervical swab, which may demonstrate gram-negative, kidney-shaped diplococci. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about chlamydia, with a distinguishing factor being the visualization of intracytoplasmic inclusions, also called reticulate bodies, on histology. Also think about urinary tract infection, with a distinguishing factor being the lack of growth on Thyer-Martin agar. And also make sure to think about genital herpes simplex, with a distinguishing factor being painful vesicles and ulcers. Treatment of gonorrhea involves medical treatment with intramuscular ceftriaxone, and also remember that you may add azithromycin or doxycycline for possible concomitant chlamydial infection. Also make sure to treat sexual partners to prevent reinfection. And complications related to gonorrhea include Fitzhugh-Curtis syndrome, which is a perihepatitis that demonstrates infection and inflammation of the liver capsule, and also demonstrates adhesions of peritoneum to the liver. There may also be pelvic inflammatory disease, 
which may include salpingitis, endometritis, hydrocelpinks, and tubo-ovarian abscess. And remember that it is a risk factor for ectopic pregnancy, infertility, chronic pelvic pain, and adhesions. One may also see disseminated gonococcal infection, which presents with a triad of polyarthralgias that are asymmetric and migratory, tenosynovitis, and vesiculopustular lesions, which are most commonly on extremities, including the palms and soles. In order to diagnose disseminated gonococcal infection, one may perform an arthrocentesis, which may demonstrate an elevated leukocyte count of up to 50,000 cells per millimeter cubed, a gram stain which may be positive in less than 25% of cases, and it may also demonstrate a positive culture. One can also culture the blood, skin lesions, or mucosal sites, or one may perform molecular testing. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to gonorrhea, let's walk through some questions to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For the first question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 19-year-old university student presents to the student clinic with painful joints. He states that over the past week, his right wrist has become increasingly stiff. This morning, he noticed pain and stiffness in his left ankle and left knee. The patient has celiac disease and takes a daily multivitamin. He says he is sexually active with multiple male and female partners. He smokes marijuana but denies intravenous drug abuse. He recently traveled to Uganda to volunteer at a clinic that specialized in treating patients with human immunodeficiency virus, or HIV. He also went on an extended hiking trip last week in New Hampshire. Physical exam reveals swelling of the right wrist and a warm, swollen, erythematous left knee. The left Achilles tendon is tender to palpation. There are also multiple vesiculopustular lesions on the dorsum of the right hand. No penile discharge is appreciated. Arthrocentesis of the left knee is performed, and the synovial fluid results demonstrate an appearance that is cloudy and a leukocyte count of 40,000 per millimeter cubed with a neutrophil predominance. A gram stain is negative. However, the culture is still pending. Which of the following is the patient's most likely diagnosis? And the answer choices are choice one, dermatitis herpetiformis. Choice two, disseminated gonococcal infection. Choice three, Lyme disease. Choice four, reactive arthritis. Or choice five, septic arthritis. The best answer to this question is choice two, disseminated gonococcal infection. This patient is presenting with polyarthralgias, tenosynovitis, vesiculopustular skin lesions, and an inflammatory pattern, synovial fluid, which is suspicious for disseminated gonococcal infection. Disseminated gonococcal infection, or DGI, presents with a triad of polyarthralgias that are asymmetric and migratory, tenosynovitis, and vesiculopustular lesions, most commonly on the extremities, including the palms and soles. Unprotected sex is a risk factor. However, only a quarter of patients present with genitourinary manifestations. Arthrocentesis can show an inflammatory pattern with an elevated leukocyte count up to 50,000 cells per millimeter cubed that are predominantly neutrophils. A gram stain is positive in less than 25% of cases. A definite diagnosis can be made by identification of the organism with a culture of the blood, synovial fluid, skin lesion, or mucosal sites, or by molecular testing. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice one, dermatitis herpetiformis is associated with celiac disease. Patients present with pruritic, red, 
fasciculopapular lesions on the shoulders, elbows, and knees. This would not explain the patient's joint findings. Choice 3. Lyme disease can present with migratory asymmetrical polyarthralgias. Synovial fluid will show an inflammatory pattern with neutrophil predominance. Lyme disease would not explain the patient's dermatologic findings. Choice 4. Reactive arthritis presents with a triad of arthritis, conjunctivitis, and urethritis. Dermatologic manifestations can also occur, such as psoriasis-like lesions or hyperkeratinization of the palms and soles. The patient's presentation is more consistent with DGI. Choice 5. Septic arthritis often presents with one affected joint. Synovial fluid would show an infectious pattern with leukocyte count above 50,000 cells per millimeter cubed. Finally, a bullet summary. Disseminated gonococcal infection presents with a triad of polyarthralgias, tenosynovitis, and vesiculopustular skin lesions. For the second question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 33-year-old man presents to the emergency department with joint pain. He states that since yesterday, he has had joint pain, and today he noticed a rash. The patient does not have a significant past medical history. The patient smokes cigars, drinks one to four drinks per day, is sexually active, and uses cocaine occasionally. His temperature is 101 degrees Fahrenheit, or 38.3 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 125 over 65. Pulse is 80 beats per minute. Respirations are 14 breaths per minute. And oxygen saturation is 98% on room air. Physical exam reveals a pustular skin lesion and an inflamed and painful right knee that is warm to the touch. Which of the following is the most appropriate treatment for the most likely diagnosis? And the answer choices are choice one, azithromycin. Choice two, ceftriaxone and azithromycin. Choice three, ceftriaxone. Choice four, ceftriaxone and vancomycin. Or choice five, piperacillin and tazobactam. The best answer to this question is choice two, ceftriaxone and azithromycin. This patient is presenting with joint pain and pustular skin lesions, suggesting a diagnosis of disseminated gonococcal infection, which is best treated with a third-generation cephalosporin, such as ceftriaxone, along with azithromycin. Disseminated gonococcal infection describes a variety of clinical manifestations of bacteremic spread of Neisseria gonorrhea. A common presentation of this is a red, hot, and inflamed joint, referred to as gonococcal arthritis, in addition to pustular skin lesions. This pathology typically presents in younger and sexually active patients. The diagnosis of septic arthritis can be confirmed with synovial fluid analysis, which shows greater than 50,000 cells per millimeter cubed, but in gonococcal arthritis, this count can be lower. Coverage for both Neisseria gonorrhea and Chlamydia trachomatis is necessary. For Neisseria gonorrhea, a third-generation cephalosporin like ceftriaxone is the preferred initial treatment. For chlamydia trachomatis, azithromycin is the preferred initial treatment. Oral third-generation cephalosporins, such as cefixime, can also be considered instead of ceftriaxone, but due to increased antimicrobial resistance, they are not preferred. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Azithromycin is not sufficient coverage for engonorrhea, though it does cover for chlamydia. Choice 3. Ceftriaxone does not cover for C. trachomatis and only covers for N. gonorrhea. Choice 4. 
Ceftriaxone and vancomycin ignores a more appropriate antibiotic treatment for C. trachomatis, which would be azithromycin. Choice 5. Piperacillin and tazobactam is broad-spectrum coverage, which is nonspecific and not best suited for the most likely diagnosis, which is infection with gonorrhea and C. trachomatis. And finally, a bullet summary. Gonococcal arthritis should be treated with ceftriaxone for gonorrhea and azithromycin for chlamydia. That's all for this review about gonorrhea. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.